You are listening to WHUPLP Hillsboro. My name is Gilbert Neal, and this is D Sides, Orphans, and Oddities. My show features music from about 1965 to 1980, nothing in the top 40, nothing remotely akin to the top 40, just fun music. And today, tonight is no exception. I have a, a very unusual, obscure release from Apple Records, and I'm sure that it's one you might not, well, I'm sure that it's one you've not heard about. You know about Badfinger, and you know about uh, Mary Hopkins, and you know about uh, Plastic Ono Band and all that stuff, but there's one release that you might not know about, and it's not the Frank Sinatra ode to Maureen Starr. Key. So I got a whole bunch of stuff coming up coming up this show and featuring some remnants from a couple past episodes, including uh, some solo Robert Lamb from Chicago. And not as PSA for drugs, which just amuses me. It just tickles me. But we're going to start with a B-side from 1970 recorded by a man called John Paul Jones, J-O-A-N-S instead of J-O-N-E-S, even though I see by some of his promotional material that he was called John Paul Jones, J-O-A-N-S, uh, before Led Zeppelin ever came into the public purview. So I'm wondering why he had to take his single off the market and re-release it after Christmas, because I guess a Christmas release is a big deal in the UK. But I'll get into that more later. Anyway, here's him now. Opera. Eat me 
potato chip. <laughs> Go to a premiere in a plastic mug. That that suffice all. And a scoff grape Suzette. Go to watch Polo. Polo,
Yeesh, look out. This is D-Sides Orphans and Oddities. I'm Gilbert Neal. So I started this set with John Paul Jones, J-O-A-N-S, and I have to keep saying that because uh, according to the guy running this dude's website or his manager who still has a website, uh, says that uh, the reason that the song... The Man from Nazareth, which I've played on this show a couple times, was not a big hit, was not a Christmas single, was because the the John Paul Jones that we all know from the Led Zeppelin uh, put the kibosh on it, made them recall the singles, recall them all, and then re-release them a couple weeks later. That doesn't sound like it really happened, but... I guess I can do some more investigation for you, but I won't. His real name was John Devage. He was a politically motivated and confrontational stand-up comedian. And um, <clears throat> they recorded this at Strawberry Studio with Kevin Godley and Lyle Cream and Eric Stewart, who would later become 10CC with I'm Not In Love and The Things We Do For Love and um, what was that one? Uh, I Don't Like Reggae. I Love It. Um, Tourist Holiday or Jamaica. I don't know what it was. It was a, kind of a hit, but that was pretty much the end for them. But before then, they ran a very successful studio and there was there exists a very rare compilation of recordings that they made for other artists and for themselves before 10CC, which is a double CD and it's very hard to find. It's very expensive if you can find it. After that, uh, Andrea True, not Andrea True Connection, but by the time she made her third album, she was just Andrea True. Now I know what you're thinking. Who's Andrea True? Well, I talked about this last week, and I played the instrumental version of More, 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 which was her big hit, her big disco hit. How do you like it? How do you like it? More, more, more. You know that song. And, of course, you know, if you're slightly hipper than than that, then you know the Len one-hit wonder Steal My Sunshine. If you look on Wikipedia, her story is very interesting. She was a an adult movie performer in Scandinavia in the 60s. And then she came back to the United States, made some more of those movies. I personally have seen one, but someone had, I, I had to wait for the credits to see who it was. Or I had to look for her in the credits. She was not the uh, big star. <sighs> Might have been Ginger Lynn, Christy Canyon. Something like that. Anyway, 
So she's making movies and um, 1975 comes and she is hired by a real estate business in Jamaica to appear in some of their commercials. So while she's working there, the Jamaican government banned asset transfers in response to sanctions imposed by the United States after the election of Michael Manley, a supporter of Fidel Castro. In order to return to the United States, Andrea True would have had to either forfeit her pay for the commercials that she made because she was known as an adult actress and she was making these commercials or spend the money before she went home. So she couldn't make the money and then send it back to the United States because such was the politics at the time. Pretty petty. Um, by this time, was trying to break into the music industry, chose to, instead of um, give the money back, she chose to take the money that she earned and record a demo of a song that she had worked on with a guy named Greg Diamond, who was helping her in her music career, if you will. And um, they worked on a demo called More, More, More. And they remixed it. And it was remixed by a guy named Tom Moulton, who if you like disco and disco records in particular, you know who Tom Moulton is. Because he's a big deal in that industry when it was happening. And the song became a big favorite in nightclubs and it reached number four on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. And a full album with the same title followed. And I remember when it came out. It was a big deal. It was like when Tanya Tucker came out with uh, TNT. It was like now, you know, there's no more Linda Rotstant. There's no more um, Olivia Newton-John. There's no more uh, Janis Joplin. Now it's starting to evermore become more about sex. And although I was not born yet, and you know this, uh, I was there at the time, and it was something. It was shocking. And there was only three channels, four channels to choose from, so it wasn't like the news was dispersed and flattened out like it is now. Back then, it was new in the billboard charts. There's a famous artist who used to be a country star. Her name is Tanya Tucker, and she's taken the country world by storm with her reinvention of the Buddy Holly hit, Not Fade Away. Da-da-da-da-da. <sighs> I love this kind of stuff. Don't you? Don't you love this kind of stuff? Because if you're listening to this, you love this kind of stuff. Yeah, you do. Well, here's some more of that thing. Listen to the chorus. Yes, I'm a 
Amuna ye, Amuna ye, Koma, Samakosa. Takantanga, Ugukatanga, no Samakosa.
Johanna est aussi grosse qu'un éléphant C'est la plus grosse de toute la Nouvelle-Orléans Et pourtant... de la Louisiane quand elle suit un régime c'est un régime de banane et pourtant elle danse elle saute elle tourne et s'envole Consomme deux ou trois dans la soirée et pourtant Hey now Oh hey now I said hey now We started that set with Babutunde Olatunji with Sol Makosa from 1973. The original, of course, as you know, for listening to this show every week, was by Mano Dibango. And that Mama Say, Mama Sa, Mama Busa chorus hook, of course, was made famous by Michael Jackson on his Wannabe Startin' Something record, which is... Irresistible as well. I played you three songs in succession by a band, a Dutch group called Earth and Fire. They predated Earth, Wind and Fire by, I think, a year. But they featured female vocalist Journey Cogman twin brothers Chris and Gerard Kurtz, bassist Hans Zeich, and drummer whatever I can't pronounce. And they had one number one song in um, in Germany, the Netherlands, la 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 la, called The Weekend. Weekend. That was their commercial peak. But before that, They were sort of um, a Moody Blues type. Um, what is that band I'm trying to think of? Stuart Copeland married the girl. Um, all right. I can't think of it now, but one of my two callers might, one of my two listeners might know. I don't know. Anyway, sort of Prague, and they, they followed the same exact trajectory of all the other Prague groups all over the world, except for King Crimson. 
in that as they went on, they became more pop, less experimental, uh, more focused on commercial success, as opposed to what you heard, which was out-and-out psychedelia, and then some prog thrown in there. Barkley James Harvest, they sound like. Like a little more interesting Barkley James Harvest. Uh, started with Memories from 1972, 21st Century Show from 1970, and Circus from 1975. I like Earth and Fire. I think they're pretty good. They don't exist anymore. And the lead singer um, posed in the Holland equivalent to Playboy. Twice. And then we close that set with Serge Gainsbourg, your favorite of mine, with Joanna. Hmm. From the album Gainsbourg Percussions. He was coming in on the end of the Exotica craze, um, but he was in his 30s. He was panicking a little bit, commercially, struggling. So, of course, he decided to do um, an album that... uh, Paid tribute to African rhythms. He wasn't taking it very seriously, according to this article on Discover Music, which I will link to in my podcast when I finally put this on there. But um, interesting. Somewhat. All right. So, you know me. I'm a big Beatles fan. When the Beatles started their own record company, it was a big to-do. You had the Mary Hopkin. You had the Hot Chocolate Band, which later became Hot Chocolate, which became a pretty successful mid-70s group. You Sexy Thing, Everyone's a Winner, um, a couple others I can't recall. The Radha Krishna Temple, Billy Preston, Jackie Lomax. But smushed into all of those famous Apple releases um, was a soundtrack to a movie called Come Together. One word, Come Together. And I describe it in some of my uh, promos, if you will, as a sort of a sex romp that was in vogue in the late 60s, early 70s in England, Italy, Spain, France. You know, a romp, a tease, titillation. Like, um, am I getting old? Am I forgetting thing? Emmanuel. Sort of like that. Some of the dialogue is would never happen in real life, but it's not really, you're not really tuning in for the dialogue. You're tuning in for the teasing, you know. All right. So something weird is uh, uh, they sell DVDs and they used to sell VHS, VHSs of, of these movies and come together. Uh, they wrote about, uh, and I will read it to you. <clears throat> Come Together is one of those great, unique, hard-to-categorize European films that would best be described as a slice of life from the free-love hippie generation. 
Tony Anthony plays Tony, a freewheeling American stuntman, working in Italian films, of course, who tries to pick up two swinging American tourists, Lisa and Anne. His persistence pays off, and he gives them a tour of Rome in his new sports car. As the trio develop a friendship, we find that Anne is still suffering stress from... Anyway... Tony is hired to play a Mexican bandit in a spaghetti western in Spain, finds himself missing the two girls when he returns that the three take a trip to Pompeii, get turned on by the ancient erotic paintings, and plunge into a menage a trois. However, Tony is pretty freaked out by this and drives off to sort things out. I have not seen this movie. I will probably not have the chance to see this movie because it's probably hard to see. It might be on YouTube. I don't know. But... I did buy the soundtrack because it was on Apple Records, and if I am anything, I am a bad record buyer. And I thought I would play one of the songs from this soundtrack, because the chances are pretty good you're never going to hear it anyplace else. So, I give you, uh, it's called Come Together slash Get Together, and on this soundtrack, by the way, you can hear Games People Play by Joe South. Oh, the games people play now, every night and every day now. Um, and then on side two, the Dells sing Love is Blue, I Can Sing a Rainbow, which was released on one of their previous records, and they contributed with the grace of their record company to this soundtrack. Anyway, I have no idea what's going to happen, but here is that thing that I said I was going to do. Vinyl. Mm. Thank you. 
You are listening to WHUPLP Hillsboro. My name is Gilbert Neal. This is D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities. And that was a cut from the soundtrack to the movie Come Together, starring Tony Anthony. Who is Tony Anthony? Well, sort of somebody who acted in a lot of those movies in Italy. But for our purposes, he is famous, famous. Well, he was in the movie Blind Man, which co-starred Ringo Starr as Candy. A blind but deadly gunman is hired to escort 50 mail-order brides to their minor husbands. When he is double-crossed by his friends and a Mexican bandit, he heads for Mexico to settle scores and save the women. 1971. And I wonder if during the making of Blind Man, he had had discussions with Ringo Starr saying, Hey, if I give you this marijuana joint, will you have me on Apple Records, maybe the soundtrack to my next movie? And Ringo probably amiably said, Sure, I will do that thing. But can Alan Klein and Mal Evans be in this movie? You don't have to credit them. But can they be in the movie? They sure would like to be in the movie. They'd like to be Red West of the Beatles. And Red West, as you know, was in lots of Elvis movies, as well as being 
a member of the Memphis Mafia, if you will. And I know you will. So it is that if you watch the movie Blind Man, of course, you'll see the Ringo Starr. But if you look carefully, look for Fat Rifleman, Alan Klein, and Bearded Rifleman, Mal Evans, who you know and love from Beetle Lore. And you saw lots of Mal Evans. Did you see Mal Evans? Yeah, it was Mal Evans. Yeah, on uh, the the Beatles Get Back thing. The, the Peter Jackson that I'm talking so much. Hey, I was going to mention that when I was playing you that Earth and Fire set, the third song was recorded in, in 1975, and I could distinctly hear the Yamaha GX1. The same one that Stevie Wonder used on Songs in the Key of Life. And so many artists, well, John Paul Jones, ironically, is it irony? John Paul Jones, we started the set with a guy named John Paul Jones, J-O-A-N-S. But the real John Paul, well, not the real John Paul Jones, the real John Paul Jones was a military guy uh, back in, I think, the Revolutionary War days. But for our purposes, the Led Zeppelin John Paul Jones used the GX-1 from Yamaha. Oh, plenty on um, in Through the Outdoor. So, there's that thing. I forgot to mention that. Where were we? Oh, yes. I'm Gilbert Neal. Hey, if you go to dsides.podbean.com, you can see some of my past episodes along with album art and stories when I know them, stories when I can tell them, um, you know, stuff like that. It's entertaining. It's a, it's a smorgasbord. It really is. Hey, you know what I just found out? I've been kicked off of next door. I caused too much trouble. I have to sit out for a month next door. I've been a bad, bad boy. For example, when someone posted that somebody had stolen their lawn rooster, it was like a cast iron rooster. Somebody came along and stole it. And I posted that it's definitely a cockadoodle don't. People liked it, but I'm sure a lot more people didn't like that. Did not like that. And I, that's my trade posting stuff people just don't like. I'm trying to change, but I'm not trying that hard.
Hello. We started the set with Justin Hayward and John Lodge. <clears throat> not Blue Jays. Well, Blue Jays was not really the name of the group. It was more the name of the album that was recorded around that time. But you heard the song Blue Guitar. It's a nice song from 1975 and co-produced with 10CC, which I think really helped, made it sound better. I don't like, you know, I like the Moody Blues. I love them. But those were not the 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 finest productions those those were produced to sound pretty muddy i think or produced and ended up sounding pretty muddy but uh i like this because it's nice and clean then john lodge a solo single from 1980 called street cafe and it was produced by pip williams who went on to record went on to produce the moody blues sort of comeback album, Long Distance Voyager in 1981. See, back then, if you didn't release an album in three years, it was called a comeback. It's like, where have you been? Three years. Now, it's five. No one cares. Because it takes that long to, I guess, wheel up the machinery. I don't know. After that, Robert Lamb, a song for Richard and his friends, the album was called Skinny Boy 2.0 from 2006, but I don't know if this was a um, a song that was recorded around the time of his one and only solo, well, not his, his only, but his first and you would think the best time to record a solo album, which was 1974 when Chicago was white hot and everything they did was incredibly popular. And Song for Richard and His Friends was first heard on Chicago 4, which was that four-album set live from Carnegie Hall, which I made it through once in my life. And I love Chicago. I love Chicago. I was a crazy Chicago fan. But I could only make it through that album one time. Four albums. I mean, even Yes didn't do that. Even ELP didn't do that. But that's 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 like self-importance right there, you know. I think that's, uh, I don't know if this the, when you do a lot of cocaine, you think you're more important than you are. That's the thing. And even though Chicago was amazing and some of the songs that he wrote around that time, some of the songs they did were just incredible, I don't like song for Richard and his friends. I think it's kind of a bridge too far for them. And if you listen to the live album, it sounds like it's kind of coming apart in places. Some of it's great. Some of it just doesn't sound like it's Chicago. And then if you buy the Chicago 5 reissue, you can hear it the way it sounded in the studio, which which they didn't which didn't make it to Chicago 5 and I'm glad cuz I like I said I'm not a big fan of this song. And after that, another song from uh, Skinny Boy, Temporary Jones, which is nice. I like it. I think Terry Kath, who played bass, maybe on this one, well, definitely on this one, but maybe even on Song for Richard and His Friends, the the jazz trio version. Uh, I love Terry Kath, but he, he's just not a bass player. He, just, he plays bass like 
a guitar player would play the bass. And they're not the same thing. So, I don't know. Maybe that's why the album didn't take off, because those, those simple arrangements, those, those definite tonal centers were kind of compromised. But you know what? I'm talking about him. He's not talking about me. This is D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities. My name is Gilbert Neal. Gosh, what a great show. If I don't say so myself, it's something I just said. So anyway, we got more stuff coming up now that I think of it. Oh, yeah. Live. Speaking of white hot.
laughing, laughing, laughing. My heart is crying that I love you Yeah. 
sing. It smelled like turpentine and looked like India ink. I held my nose, I closed my eyes, I took a drink.
once again for joining me i'm gonna play this song because it should take me up to the top of the hour but even if it doesn't you'll hear me from another week um on rivendell thank you for joining me uh please visit me on the facebook uh let me know that you're listening let me know that you like what i'm doing if you have any requests or any ideas for any shows that center around the late 60s or the entire decade of the 70s please let me know and i will do that thing and i will make that thing happen i will Wait a second here. Oh, I know what I did wrong. Okay, hang on a second. Music.
Can't you hear me? I've been talking very loud. You sure are sleeping sound. Your hands are very cold. Is something wrong? There are so many things I meant to say. Oh, Hannah. I'm too late. Streaming live at 1047. Streaming live at W8. It's the show where we look back into the past, the not so distant past. Look back into the past.